Hi, my name is Zara. And my name is Maisha. And you're listening to That's What They Said. Where we break down them versus us narrative. So, thanks for tuning in to listen to our latest episode. For those of you who have been listening to us on the regular or those who are new, we just want to say we appreciate the time that you take to listen to our episodes. If you do like our podcast, please do spread the word so we can help our podcast grow so that more people are aware. Uh, we take a lot of time and we take a lot of we put in a lot of effort to actually you know on our podcast episodes and we'd really appreciate if you would spread the word because issues we talk about and you know they vary from all across the spectrum i think it's something that a lot of people would like to know about mm-hmm. so if you would spread the word we'd be very grateful yes we will and don't forget to follow us on social media we're on instagram under that's what they said podcast we just did a small little name change mm-hmm. so make note of that and we're also on twitter as what they said ca Yep, and you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Just search on both platforms. That's what they said, CA. We're the only two brown girls wearing daisy clothes (laughs) on the cover art. So it should be easy to find us. And we're also on Podbean as well as Deezer if you want to listen to us from a web browser. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so this episode is about us. We're taking a small break from all the heavy topics that we discuss. Yeah. Primarily last week's episode, we talked about white supremacy, white supremacist attacks versus terrorism, and that was quite heavy. It was quite a long episode, so... Those just, who haven't listened yet, yeah. please do listen, because <laughs> we've got great feedback, yeah. and it's an issue that I think you'd be very interested in. Mm-hmm, yeah, and the best part about it is that we, for the first time actually, we received a lot of engagement, yep. because we put our podcast on Podacy, yes. which is an app where um, you can discuss different podcasts, you can kind of promote different podcasts. It's kind of like the Twitter yeah. It's like Twitter podcast world or the Goodreads of podcast world. Exactly. Yeah. So we had a lot of engagement on there. We had people asking questions. So if you want to go on there, talk about any of our episodes, do download the Podacy app and engage with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So today our topic is more centered around us. Yes. Um, We're essentially discussing the expectations that people have of us. And when I see us, Zara and I, our perspectives are essentially, you know, we're two brown girls here from Bangladesh who came to Canada for undergrad. So when expectations that, you know, a lot of people back home and that's why the name of our episode is Brown Auntie Logic. <laughs> so you'll get it as we go into the episode more. But essentially a lot of expectations or preconceived notions that a lot of people back home have about not just me and Zara, but in general about about I think young women who go abroad to study, uh, especially at a young age for undergrad, um, with what expectations and what, what preconceived notions they have versus the reality as to mm-hmm. what we think or how we feel. Yeah. So this was a very personal episode. We actually want to say that, you know, it's a lot that we're talking about here is our opinion. You know, we're not saying that this is applicable to, say, all brown girls. But uh, we did ask around a couple of our close girlfriends who mm-hmm. are also from similar cultures, you know, who are either from Bangladesh, Pakistan, or India. And it was nice to just get that conversation with our girlfriends uh, yeah. to see about their experiences. So today we're going to talk about essentially uh, kind of like a cocktail mix of all of that. Yeah, and we're called... Well, our episode's called Brown Auntie Logic versus Us because, and in no way to say that all brown aunties have a certain stereotypical or cliche um, view, no. but 
it's just generally known in our culture that aunties like to talk. Yeah. And, and I've had some great progressive aunties and even my mom, but like, yeah, that's why we've called it yep. auntie logic versus us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So starting out with, so we're going to go through like different kinds of like issues or expectational, let's say. Yes. So the first one starts with when we were, you know, not just us, I think a lot of our girlfriends have said that, you know, when their parents were thinking of, you know, sending us abroad for education you know most of us were either 18 or 19 Mm -hmm. and a lot of people either relatives or family friends uh and when i say a lot this is not everyone i mean of course there were those who were very supportive very encouraging very progressive yeah and there were also those who were very progressive but they were still like you're sending your girl you're like your young girl abroad. So far away. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, there's a phrase in Bengali. It's called Noshtohejabe. It means your girl's gonna go bad. Spoiled. <laughs> it sounds very badass. But it, it, I think I can't actually capture in English the gist of it. Yeah. Of how we say it. Yeah. In it essentially just means like your kid's gonna get spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Spoiled by all the Western culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I actually had the opposite where everybody in my family was like you have to go abroad you have to go abroad like you need mm-hmm. to get higher education and um, it was almost expected of us in our family mm-hmm. so even for a second when I thought maybe I'll stay in Bangladesh it was like no 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 you have mm-hmm. to go abroad yeah but there's definitely that fear among most Bangladeshis yeah for sure mothers like, and fathers and that alone girl sending so far away so so far away yeah, yeah. I mean they're always essentially you know Especially they're Canada all... so far yeah <laughs> the flights are not quick and they're not cheap they're too long, guys. Yeah. Too long. Um, <laughs> yes, same here, right? Because, you know, I mean, my family were three sisters. My older sister went to Australia for undergrad. So I think my, my parents were always like, you know, if you get a great scholarship and stuff, go for it. Like, So my parents never opposed it. But I think there were always one or two people that would be like, or not even people, you know? It's like it, I would go to like uh, tuitions after school mm-hmm. with my friends. They're all those um, brown aunties, essentially, you know? And th- honestly speaking, it's none of their goddamn business. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, unless you're someone who... Like, some of my girlfriends who I grew up with, their moms have have essentially been with us for so long. So, you know, they're like family friends, very close family friends, you know? Mm-hmm. But someone who barely knows me or my family to comment, to tell my mom, oh my God, you're going to send your daughter all abroad alone? Mm-hmm. Their culture is so different. Yeah. Like, it's also the tone. Yeah, exactly. Like, they assume that maybe you'll get into the different Western cultures, which are normal mm-hmm. here, such as going out drinking, going out clubbing. clubbing, going out with your friends, even just, like, every day for dinner, having drinks, or yep. um, just, you know, because you're in a dorm, say, with with different with different genders, right? Yes. So that that can be a scary thing for parents. Like I remember for my my first year roommate's name was Billy. Yeah. But she's a girl. Yeah. But my mom was so afraid that she was a boy. <laughs> um that she was like, You need to call, you need to contact UBC and ask them, like, is it a male roommate? Like you need to make sure it's fe- she's female. Yeah. And then I was just like, I honestly don't care. But just to make my mom happy, obviously yeah. I emailed Billy and I asked her, like, oh tell me a little bit about yourself. Obviously yeah. I can't ask are you a girl or boy. Yeah. But yeah, so things like that, like living with a boy, no, um, going oh, out yeah, all the, the living time with the boy one, and not yeah. studying. I think one of the biggest um, pro- one of the biggest concerns that many parents have is that when when you're alone, you're gonna just be with friends all the time, and you're not gonna have this discipline. You're not gonna study. You're not gonna study, especially because yeah. like you and I both went for pretty difficult subjects: yeah. engineering, economics. Like yeah. we need to study. So and that, I think that concern, it, like you're gonna lose discipline. You're gonna go and be 
engage in all this like and culture know, that's not part of ours. I think it's important to explain this part that a lot of these thoughts that a lot of these brown aunties have, or even some parents have, it doesn't come from bad intention. Like exactly. they don't want to harm their children or think bad about their children or tie. Essentially, it's because, especially for young girls back home, it's a very sad reality. But it's true that mm-hmm. you know, if people find out that you know, say for example, a young woman she drinks, or sure, there's a very progressive part of our culture. But then there's still those who think yeah. that all oh, women, young women, shouldn't be staying out late. Mm-hmm. Or uh, like my sister back home, right? She's my younger sister is back home and she's studying and. You know, if she's staying out late, and by late, I don't mean like 2, 3 a.m. That's not possible. I'm saying about like 9, 10 p.m. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's still something that a lot of people are like, oh, she's coming in late, you know? Yeah. And even strangers notice it. Exactly. About young women. Yeah. And you think about that, and it's when your parents are saying a lot of these things about, oh, you know, is my daughter's going to be okay being abroad it's because their concern stems from the fact that they think that if anything different happens mm-hmm. how will people back home react yeah because a lot of it's the sad reality again but uh, our value is very attached to our actions yeah. and our actions are defined are held to a different standard than how young men's are yeah so what's right for them is not right for us yeah and or that even that thought that maybe a young male could protect themselves better than a female could, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they can... Well, first of all, there's less chances. Back home, like, the general notion is there's less chance of a male being attacked or being, you know, taken advantage of. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's the idea that the male can probably protect themselves where the female can't. Yeah. Right? So that, yeah. that fear. Yeah. And then the getting spoiled is obviously another yeah. thing. And it's like, you know, even if, say, for example, young guy goes abroad and, you know, he can drink and party and go clubbing and all of that. Mm. But if those stories of a young woman kind of like comes out yeah. like in a lot in public, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of judgmental Speculation. Yeah. yeah, and th- people just stamp you as a person based on those actions. And even though a, a guy, one of your own guy friends probably did those too, they're held to a different standard than you are. So a lot of parents, this uh, these thoughts and concerns that they have and these preconceived notions and a lot of these bad Sorry, not bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure, some are actually pretty... I don't know how to say this, but I would say some are actually just pretty... They're just... They just want gossip or entertainment, and they're just, like, you know, commenting. Or they want to compare to their own daughter. Oh, my daughter didn't start this kind of activity as well. My my daughter stayed here and was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you send your daughter abroad? Exactly, yeah, that's that's one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thankfully, my 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 family was very, like, go, you need to go. Education's important. You need to get a better education. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I think... think Zara and I come from families where our parents have been very supportive of our education, of understanding that, you know, as women, you need to be independent and established Mm -hmm. and find your own footing before you find a man, which in Brown society is very much how they said that that's the goal of a girl, which brings our second topic in. Mm -hmm. Marriage. Yeah, marriage is definitely another expectation that many Brown families or Brown aunties have of South Asian girls going abroad. Now, I think, like, anybody who's South Asian or anybody who's maybe even watched or talked to a South Asian person knows that marriage is, like, 
a pillar of life for us. Like it's it's a necessity in our culture. Mm-hmm. If you're if you don't like marriage is an ultimate goal that you have to achieve in your life. Otherwise, your life is not fulfilled. And the common belief, I would say, for women, for, for women, yeah, life. for women, not for men. Maybe, but a little bit later for men. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage is still a definite goal for men as well, but maybe a little bit later in life. But yeah, so I think the the overall belief in our culture is that you have to achieve certain goals by a certain age. Yeah. And marriage is one of them. So like for progressive families, it's like, okay, you need to graduate from high school. You need to go abroad, get your degree. After you get your degree, you need to get married. Right? So there's that like chronological timeline. order of events and yeah. timeline that they expect from you. Yeah. But in reality, many of South Asian girls like you and me... There, it's like some. It's maybe it's something they want to achieve in their life, but it's not their primary oh, agenda in life. Like, yeah, it's definitely I, not for me. Yeah, me neither. Because you know, I think about. So I've got a few girlfriends who are married. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, at the end of the day, everyone's path or everyone's life is like different. Yeah, you know, it's not an apple to apple comparison. It's no. apple to oranges, mm-hmm. and everyone is at a different point in their life, you know, there are some 25 year olds who are married with more, uh, with kids. There are some 25 year olds who are not married. Yeah. You know, so it's, you can be on anywhere on that spectrum really. Mm -hmm. And it depends on who you are, how you're feeling, what your experiences have been. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, that's the thing, right? Say for my, I'll give my own example. So I'm 25, but I have a few girlfriends who are married and it makes, I understand why, because, you know, they were at that point of life where they felt like it was the right time. Yeah. For me, I don't feel that. Yeah. Know? But that's where a lot of people are like, oh, you're feeling wrong or, you know, as marrying right now is right. But yeah. there's no right or wrong in this. Yeah, there really isn't. But that's, that's the sad thing that most aunties or families don't understand that. They think because maybe they grew up a certain way, they grew up a certain culture, they think that like, you have to do this, otherwise you're not, you're not, your life's not complete. But, Maybe I do want to do this. But I just want to do it later. It's not the right timeline for me right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I similarly, I have friends who got married at an earlier age or friends who are just getting married now in their, like, mid-20s. Yeah. And that's fine. It doesn't matter what age mm-hmm. you get married. And it's, like, it's also almost worse when all your friends get married because then your parents <laughs> are, like, so this person just got married, so what about you? Are you next? So, yeah. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite and, annoying. But... And, and that's actually a good point where, you know, for women age is a factor yeah right yeah because back home it's like oh my god you're becoming too old and when i say too old literally if you're 25. like 25 not even if you're 30 <laughs> you're too old and whereas in the western culture now it's like 30s and you're 20 yeah. and 30s millennial Actually, you know, nowadays people are getting married really young that young mom life is very in yeah <laughs> young mom hot with your child matching with her yeah shading kylie jenner here but you know <laughs> no but it, exactly it doesn't matter you can be super successful and a billionaire like kylie jenner and have a kid at it's where at you are this in your age, life or you can be like 35 and like living your best life and not ready for marriage right yeah i mean it doesn't matter it, exactly right we every woman has different experiences yeah a diverse set of experiences but in our brown society and brown culture it's like you're, you're getting old if oh, yeah. you're not married by like say 30 and I'm like you know it's it's ridiculous like mm-hmm. why why is who's to say that that is my my self-worth is all captured in that yeah. one term of marriage yeah and you know what like something that gives me hope is that many of the males that I talk to now they're also not pushing for marriage at this point like say it was kind of like a stereotype not stereotype but it was kind of like a harsh reality that men wanted to marry younger women, right? Especially I mean, in our culture. Maybe it's still true. It's probably still true for a lot of people. But 
the males in my circle, I don't feel like they're like, okay, I'm 30 now, I must marry a 25-year-old. So no, it's like, when, when men's mentality changes, then maybe the auntie's mentality will change because they'll be like, okay, doesn't they don't care, so why should I care? That's my, true. Like, That's true. The men are not going to be just not wanting my daughter because she's 26 now, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't I mean, matter. But, you know, at the end of the day, majority of the men, even, mm. I feel like even some progressive ones, I mean, I had someone who once told me that, you know, that, um, and this is not, he's not representative of all Bangladeshi boys, but he once told me that, you know, this friend of mine, he once told me that, you know, Bangladeshi men, if, you know, a 30-year-old Bangladeshi man won't marry a 30-year-old Bangladeshi woman, <laughs> you know, and it's because... I guess it's not really brown men. It's worldwide, right? It's worldwide. I mean, George Clooney married Amal Clooney. She's like 20 years younger. And, and just think about all the praise that Keanu Reeves is getting for being with a woman his age. Yeah. And not even really his age. She's just 10 years younger than him. She's 10 years younger than him, but the fact that she's not 27. Yeah. And that's he's getting praise for that, yeah. right? It's just like, why is he getting praise? It's the basic thing. He yeah. likes who he likes regardless of her age. Yeah. And whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. But time, but times are changing. Uh, we yeah. feel like a lot of uh, celebrities, like a lot of Indian celebrities, are now coming out where they're a lot of women are marrying younger men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, like Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra. Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonas. So, yeah. So it's nice to see that change. And yeah, as you said, it's true that a lot of men, I think, are understanding that, you know, that archaic notion that they had, that society had, that, you know, you have to marry a younger mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. And it's because society somehow thinks that, you know, younger women are, I feel like it ties into the fact that they think that younger women are more, you know, the younger you are, the... Gullible? You're more likely to bear a child. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going in a different direction. <laughs> but I've been told that um, from someone who's, from somebody else that I know, like, Sometimes the mother-in-law or, like, the the male's mother wants their son to marry someone much younger so they could have that Dominate. That dominance. <laughs> you know, that ties into that whole soap opera vibe that we... Yeah. So I don't want to go there. Yeah. But, um, but, like, it, with respect to age as well, it's... Yeah, what you said, childbearing is also one of the biggest, like, cultural things for us, right? Yeah. Because having a child, just like marriage, is another goal that you have to achieve. And if you don't, then your life is not fulfilled. No. Nope. Because there's so many women who don't want to have a child, who um, say don't want to have a child of their own, but would rather adopt at a later age. And it's just like the taboo around that. Like, no, you have to have your own child, your own blood. And then on top of that, if you don't have a child, it's like, what is your life really? And you can be a very educated, you know, ambitious and, you know, a woman who's working in a high position. Mm-hmm. But if you're not able to bear a child, society will still not look at every other thing you've accomplished. Yeah, so all as your if, achievements are, like, nulled. Yeah, as if as if women are only a vessel for bearing life and mm-hmm. nothing else. Like, yeah, the vessel exactly. itself is not no, valuable. No. no. when you Yeah, so it's kind of sad, right? It's really sad, especially because I see so many women who have children... But they have so many more achievements that they've yeah. that they've accomplished, and but that gets overlooked because, but they're still held to high standard. But because they had a child, not because yeah. they were, and yeah. an opposite as well. Yeah. Like I personally, I do want to have a child. I I love children. Like I love them so much. <laughs> yeah. But um, for me, it's like I don't necessarily want to have my own child. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I definitely want to adopt. Mm-hmm. If I have my own child, great. But if I don't, I would love to adopt, and I would love that child as my own. Mm-hmm. But. I know my so much. So many of my family members just make fun of me, like, "Are oh, you trying to be Angelina Jolie?" But that's not <laughs> they, they think I'm trying to be like cool, or uh, they think I'm trying to be like whatever. But it's in general, like, I I love children so much. I don't care if it was my own blood or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that taboo needs to go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, all this ties into the fact that in brown culture, what is extremely prevalent is what will people say, right? Yeah. And that's exactly where, you know, how earlier in the episode I was talking about, you know, after when I go to, like, tuitions after school with my friends and my mom would be, say, waiting in the waiting room and these other aunties, this kids, you know, other kids, their moms are there too. And they're strangers who my mom probably has never met. And, you know, they'd make comments, right? And that's the point, like, at the end of the day, that's what will other people say? That's what mm-hmm. even they say. What will other people say? Exactly, yeah. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, that's so true because, like, my mother in general, like like I was saying, she's very progressive-minded, I believe. And, like, most, most, many of my friends, they got that marriage talk way earlier than I did because... I wasn't really burdened with it until mm-hmm. I until like two years after I graduated university. Like only recently that marriage thing has really come on mm-hmm. me. My mom is like, "So when do you plan on getting married?" <laughs> blah blah blah. But it's like, it's like she gets even crazier about talking to me about that when somebody's talked to her about it. Yeah. When someone's yeah. like, "Oh my god, she's getting older now. Like, what are you gonna do?" Or I have this good proposal for her. Or like that's when she really comes to me and is like, "What are you doing? You need to get married." Before that, it's just like. She's moving. She's living her life. She knows I'm living my life, and she doesn't really bring it up that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think what people say really affects. Yeah, and even know, if you don't really care about it, like you're gonna care about it because you're like, ugh, what am I gonna answer my friend next time I see her? Yeah. Those. Mm-hmm. It just, and it's it's sad, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like, some, my say for example, my dad's third cousin's daughter is saying this shit. And I'm yeah. like, I've never even met her. Who cares? Yeah. Hypothetically <laughs> you know, speaking. And I'm like, so at the end of the day, like, I'd rather care about the people who I love, who are mm-hmm. there for me, like my best friends, yeah. even my best friend's moms. Growing up, these people were, you know, were a part of my family, I would say, you know, but I, they, you know, at the end of the day, they have better advice. And I think a lot of people close to me, my family have been like, you know, don't give a shit. But then there are those who are kind of your family, but then they'll be like, what will people say? You're not married. Yeah. I mean, I don't face that pressure yet because I still have an older sister who's not married yet. (laughs) And uh, in brown culture, I guess sequence matters. And my dad believes in the sequence. So So you're saved. Yeah, I'm saved. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that that what will people say really matters. And what will people say, especially say you select a partner who's not the same culture, religion, even gender as you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's... Oh, my God. Aunties will go crazy. Yeah. (laughs) They'll have great topics to discuss over tea, but... And what do you call it? Last winter, I went back home, and I was actually having a conversation with my dad about it, because in my family, we've had... um, you know, interracial and interreligious marriages. Yeah. And uh, it was a difficult time for, you know, for those cousins of mine to get their partners accepted in the family. So mm-hmm. for some, it took years. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with my dad about what is the problem? Like, would you rather have a Bangladeshi Muslim man who you think is okay for me just because he's Bangladeshi and Muslim? Or would you rather have... Reg- a non-Bangladeshi, non-Muslim man who loves me, respects my family, respects my sisters, and, you know, will take care of me for the rest of my life and will be there as my partner. Mm-hmm. Which one matters? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's it's really difficult because same thing with me. Like, my family, there's quite a few interracial marriages. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, mostly on my mom's side. And so I always thought that it would be 100% okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it never in my head didn't even occur that 
Mm-hmm. Like when I say when I had my first boyfriend or when I did like whoever I've dated ever in my life, I've never thought about it because I always thought like my family's never gonna have a problem with this. Yeah. We have we have so many different people in our family, but it does because at the end of the day, even if your family might have people, doesn't mean that your mother or your father or yeah. your family is accepting of that. Yeah. So, but I think it's just hopefully for most people, it's just the initial stages where it's. Mm-hmm. tricky I know it can get worse for a lot of a lot more people but for people that I've seen it's really tricky initially it's a lot of drama a lot of tears sure, a lot yeah. of back and forth and then hopefully love wins love I think so too like your parents are not illogical okay yeah. sometimes but <laughs> they're not they're not like they don't want you to have a horrible life right no I don't so think I think so. they understand I think um at least my parents I think they understand that it's more important that you have somebody who really Go, like connects connects with you as well as is compatible with you because you can have a Muslim brown person who's a very nice person and who's like very accomplished very nice good looking but doesn't good mean, resume good resume good bio data you know yeah. <laughs> but like it doesn't mean that they're going to be compatible with your day to day life yeah. so that for me is way more important than yeah. like you can be a nice person but doesn't mean you're going to mesh well with my day to day life like, so see you know? yeah. when I had that conversation with my dad and I explained to him he kind of was like initially was like yeah like you know I'm not so sure and at the end of it, he was like, oh, mm. so not as rigid as the no, but then at the end of it, I think he went to my mom and he's like, I think Maisha has a boyfriend. <laughs> she's going to bring him up <laughs> That's in a few years. That's why she's talking about and this. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got like, no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's there. You know, it's sad, right? It's it's just a lot A lot of people go through that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I a lot of these preconceived ideas that our parents or a lot of the aunties and uncles in brown culture have especially the women i would say that they have um these ideas and preconceived notions it doesn't it's not that they want ill on someone or they want to harm someone you know it comes because the society is very patriarchal and misogynistic Mm -hmm. the notions are very archaic and you know, you're programmed for years to think in a certain way. We're we're privileged enough to, you know, to have had the opportunity to, say, come abroad, to come to a multicultural country like Canada, mm-hmm. where we have different experienced people of different and diverse backgrounds. Yeah. And that helped us relate to them on a human level because we got to know them one-on-one, Yeah. right? And that really connects you Mm -hmm. makes you more compassionate so you know because you know aunties and uncles back home haven't had that experience i think that's why they're more rigid because they don't know how to connect with them on a human level because they've not met that many people from diverse backgrounds yeah and they're so busy every day just trying to please everybody else trying to trying to just live such a perfect life so they're not they're not a victim of so much judgment because that Mm -hmm. judgment really hurts Mm -hmm. the judgment really affects your like mental health affects your day-to-day life so they're just so busy trying to be this perfect version of themselves for people mm-hmm. that they feel like they have to put that on their kids as well. Yeah. So it's that, as you were saying, it's that patriarchal society that's like always made women, like that's where they get it from, right? This yeah. patriarchal society has made our aunties and our mothers just want to be so perfect all the time that they don't ever want to just look like their life is not perfect in yeah. front of other aunties, other men. Yeah. Yeah. Because those women... And, you know, if you think about it, it's like your mother, your grandmothers, your great-grandmothers were held to a different standard. So it's hard for them to imagine their daughters being held in a, you know, it's hard for them to imagine their daughters leading a very different life, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think, yeah, as you said, at the end of the day, I think truly parents who care about their kids really want their kids to be happy. Yeah. Like, my mom is religious. She's a religious Muslim, and you know she she says that you know I would prefer if you marry a Muslim boy, but <laughs> she really but she says at the end of the day, 
you're gonna live with this person yeah. so you they, they he needs to love you and so at the end of the day whatever makes you happy yeah good advice auntie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So another thing that I wanted to, that I think personally I've had to go through, another expectation was to not change. So the idea that, you know, you were brought up in this culture, so you must have all the ideals or you must have all the, you must have all the principles of our culture, of our mm-hmm. religion, of our society, even when you go abroad. Mm-hmm. So don't change. Mm-hmm. Essentially, which I think is is so wrong because when you live in different parts of the world, um, and I personally, I've lived in America, I've lived in Bangladesh, I've lived in um, Canada now. So I have like such diverse places that I've lived mm-hmm. in, diverse people that I've mingled with, that I feel like my mentality or my, the way I view my, percep- my perspectives, they're so different. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things that I've gotten called out many times from Bangladesh. She's just that, oh, you've changed ever since you went to university. Mm-hmm. You've changed in Canada. You didn't used to believe oh, in these yeah, things. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you didn't used to be this outspoken. Like to that, I would say that number one one of the main reasons why i am more outspoken or my mentality has changed because i'm growing right yeah i'm an adult i'm not just sitting there listening to adults talking about me and saying you're right adult because you're an adult and you know more than me now it's like okay this is what you said you're absorbing yeah i'm absorbing it i'm questioning it and i'm learning my own different things and i'm kind of like making my own opinions based off of that right Mm -hmm. yeah so like the some of the things that my um family members have said to me is like just going back to, say, gay marriage, mm-hmm. um, one of my, um, not going back to, but starting with gay marriage, um, one of my family members was kind of going off about these homophobic, homophobic things, and I called them out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later, I think, well, somebody else told me, like, you didn't used to believe in this stuff before. Why are you standing up for it now? And it's not that I never believed in it. It's just that, it's first of all, it's never come up in our family discussions. And second of all, I was just a shyer, quieter person. And third of all, like... Now you're more of you, like more yeah. of your own person. Yeah, and and maybe my approach to it was very argumentative. That's also something my parents love to call me argumentative. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's just like I've changed, right? Like not that I've changed, but I've become more outspoken. Yeah, as, I've gained more confidence, and I know what's right and wrong mm-hmm. now. So I'm gonna stand up for what I think is right and wrong. Yeah, but yeah, I've gotten argumentative a lot. I feel like you probably would have too. You're, I, you're a good I debater. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think my mom tells my dad that. Yeah, she's very opinionated because yeah. when I when I get into something, mm-hmm. I make very like very structured logical points, and yeah. then it's very hard for the other person if they don't know how to crack each of them because I hold someone yeah. to my logic. Okay, now tackle this specifically because mm-hmm. I, I literally when I'm like in an argument, I'm like, okay, how do you tackle each issue? Like break me down each like issue wise, and mm-hmm. if you can, then I'm like. I'm sorry that I don't understand you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I've I've have, I face that too. I think. Yeah. Um, but I think now I'm more because I feel more independent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm working. I've uh, I'm I'm more grounded in Canada in the sense that you know I have more of a permanent status. Yeah. <laughs> PR. <laughs> PR. <I> guess. <laughs> um, and um, because of that, I think I feel more independent. Mm-hmm. You know, and I no, I, I, I work. I'm, I'm my own woman. I'm I have my own career. And you see more of life now that you yeah. don't just have to sit there and accept somebody else's beliefs or somebody else's mindset. And like to that. I can, like, when people have called me argumentative, I can, I can agree that I might have been aggressive at times. Like, say, I would just be like, no, you're wrong, you don't understand. Like, I completely didn't understand maybe, like, where they're, they're the way they grew up, mm-hmm. the culture they grew up in, and I automatically assume this person was, like, a horrible human being just because yeah. they had a different opinion than me, or whatever, or maybe I attacked them with my opinion that way, but now I think I, at least I'm trying, or I've 
I think I have changed to the point where I can have a discussion with somebody yeah. about different opinions rather than yeah. fight with them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's important because when you fight with somebody, maybe your point doesn't get across the most. Yeah. But when you have, when you take the time to understand the different cultures that people grew up in, but also like stand your ground about what's right and wrong. Yeah. Like, breaking, I will always... breaking down the them versus us narrative. Yeah, like I will always stand up for any discrimination, but yeah. perhaps in a family gathering when someone is expressing an opinion, I don't need to attack them right away. I can be like, <laughs> I don't believe, I don't agree with you. But if I ever see them doing a discriminatory act, I'm gonna stop it. You know? See, I, I, I was more like you um, because I was very, um, I think, like, I'll, I'm very, I was very blunt. Yeah. So I, I just said straight up, like, this is this. And my older sister, in con- contrast, she's very calm. So she's very, I think, calm, but strategic in how she talks. Oh, and I need to I'm like, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, tell, I always tell her that, you know, I always tell her that whenever you and I are in, like, on one team having a conversation with someone, we compliment each other. Oh, because, nice. you know, you suddenly need those bursts from me. And then that calm, straight arrow, like, shoot in the dark without the person doesn't even see it coming kind of logic yeah. is from her. Yeah. But now I'm, like, learning it more from her that to be, like, a bit more, like, calmer. Yeah. And um, as you said, to see what the other person is saying. Um, yeah. Yes, I've, I've been learning process. that. Yeah. yeah, but I think that another thing with respect to change mm-hmm. that I've encountered yeah. um, from back home is sometimes you know a lot of aunties and even people of our age sometimes those who you know are working or studying back home. Uh, I've some whenever sometimes I've got I've gone back home during my summer breaks or winter breaks, and some people will be like, you know. Oh no no you don't know about this you know you kind of like are like away or you don't you've been in Bangladesh like so you long you don't understand our culture anymore yeah and even I'm though like, I am that culture yeah and I'm like wait a minute what and I understand that sure I'm not physically there so I'm not able to see the day to day changes but I am still the same Bangladeshi person mm. I was. I was born and raised there yeah. and I very much love my culture and you know even at you know like even at workplace I really talk about things that yeah. sometimes I'm like oh yeah you know like we do this back home or we do this back home because I yeah. love the fact that I have a diverse culture I have Yeah, all... I plug my culture wherever I go exactly. but like sometimes people back home think oh you're too bidishi bidishi means like foreigner foreign you're too foreign now yeah. you don't under you don't you don't respect our culture anymore you don't you're not proud of it anymore and that's not the case at all like calling out certain or not calling out but like calling out or pointing out the negative parts of a country yeah. doesn't make you a country hater or doesn't make you hate your culture or your country or, it just makes you aware or just because you pursued an opportunity abroad doesn't mean that you don't like your country exactly you know mm-hmm. i bet that if those same people were in my position faced the opportunities that i got they might have taken them too exactly, yeah. and they don't know my entire circumstances so on what basis are you judging me mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day i'm not saying that i put a flag on my body and i walk around the streets of vancouver that i'm a goddamn bangladeshi yeah. but <laughs> i do take pride in being but i do take pride in being a bangladeshi and that's important for me and it's something that i think even in our podcast we always, yeah, we always mention, mention that yeah, right probably tired of hearing. We, we relate that experience because at the end of the day the reason we bring experiences from the fact that we're Bangladeshis because we want people to know how, you know, certain Bangladeshis in the world. It's a small country. A lot of people don't know about it, but we want people to know about it. Yeah. You know, we might be a small country, but we've got like, I don't know, like a couple hundred million more population than <laughs> in Canada. Yeah. So we're quite numbered there, right? Yeah. So No, I'm like, I'm so proud of Bangladesh and everything that Bangladesh has achieved. And wherever I go, I probably say that I'm Bangladeshi. And, but the thing is, 
the fact that I live here, many people think like, oh, she doesn't think Bangladesh is a good place to live, blah, blah, blah. Or like say, sometimes I'm vocal about things like it's not safe for women to walk outside and that's a bad mentality. Or I'll say something about the government that um, that maybe rubs a certain person who supports that government the wrong way. And it's like, just because, like like I was saying, like just because you criticize something, just because you point out the faults in something, it doesn't mean that you don't, you're not proud of that country, you're not proud of that, the work that's happened, but it's more like you know they can do better. Yeah, you know I, I know that my country, country can do better, yeah. And whatnot. And then, like, kind of going from that, because, say, I criticize, they assume that I'm never going to move back to Bangladesh. Oh. And I know there's a lot of people who want to permanently move outside of Bangladesh and live abroad, and, like, that's 100% okay. Follow that opportunity if you have to, girl. Get your money, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I've always personally wanted to move back to Bangladesh, and, you know, in the future, I might even want to. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, just because I've lived abroad for so long or I'm trying to get a PR here, I'm trying to become a citizen here, there's so many misconceptions that she's never coming back. So there's no point telling her about things that are happening here. There's no point involving her in yeah. conversations. But why? Why but leave like, us it's out? Not that. Yeah. So I want to know what's happening yeah. in my country. I want to discuss my country, yeah. my birth country with you. I want to discuss these things. I want to be able to criticize it without being like, you're a foreigner, you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Because you never know. Any of us can go back home. And yeah. you guys can live here forever. You never know where life I mean, at the end you. of the day, our roots are there. Exactly. Right? And this is at the end of the day, I think, it's applicable for brown culture in general, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to people wondering, when we say brown, it's because, you know, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, we were like a Kanwan country less than a hundred years ago. Yeah. Torn apart by British colonization and their bullshit decisions, but that's yeah. something else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> colonization. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, it's very applicable across all brown cultures, actually, that, you know, a lot of people come abroad to pursue a better life, but it's not that we think our country is shit, is a shithole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's just sad that, you know, sometimes some of your, some of the people that you know abroad, uh, sorry, you know back home are just like, Oh, like you don't know about this. I mean, sure, we might not do yeah. it the day to day, but to our best abilities, we are representing our yeah. country. And and from what I know of you, and I know for myself as well, I'm constantly looking up news from what's happening in Bangladesh. Yes, I'm constantly um, trying to talk to some of my friends who who live there about it, and it's just like. We really do care. It's just for me, one of the biggest problems is like I don't know how to read or write Bangla. And <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the news stuff I don't understand. Like I'll have to message people to read ingredients to me yeah. for recipes. But how cute. Like I yeah, I definitely do care. And I, I it's actually one of my goals this year or twenty twenty is to learn how to fluently That's good. I can speak it. I can speak it pretty fluently, I think, but my vocabulary is not the best. Yeah. But my goal is to learn how to read and write Bangla because it's that's, important that's that you know yeah. your mother language. Your, yeah, your mother language, yeah. I think so. And see, a lot of people don't know that. Like, even if you're speaking English all the time, your desire, your internal desire, people don't know. People don't know that maybe you want to do something for your country. People don't know that maybe you want to learn this about your country. Maybe people don't know that maybe because you're suggesting something about your country, not because you're trying to be patronizing, but because you're trying to help. Right? Yeah. So you never know what's going on in someone's mind and their heart. So don't judge. Yeah, definitely. Don't judge. Especially uncles in this matter. Yeah. Don't judge. Or even, <laughs> I feel like to me, my experience would be, Pierce our age. That's true. Don't judge. You yeah. know, like you live, and you know, it's like a very snide comment you make. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and it's like, at the end of the day, if you react to it, they're like, oh, no, we were kidding. Yeah, like stop being so. Yeah, and, but then. <laughs> Politically if, correct. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, joke. no, you were not kidding. Yeah. I know you were not kidding, so. You know, don't. I mean, I know that yeah, we definitely take more, like, we definitely consider other people's feelings more here, I think. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a natural thing to joke at each other about things that might be offensive here mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with you know understanding yeah. the other person's yeah. perspective so yeah. i think that you know that 
preconceived notion that a lot of people back home have it it translates into like how they think that Our we have an easy life here yeah right that they think that oh you know you're not stuck in three hour traffic which is true oh or you're God. not struggling and you're struggling you're not struggling in hours long buses although commuting on vancouver skytrain at 8 a.m does make me feel like i'm in a taka bus <laughs> that's a different issue yeah um yeah they think that we have an easy life that yeah. there's uh you know we're, we're not stuck in traffic we don't have the hardships every day of being a woman in taka yeah or in you know in brown society we don't have to hear the tent taunts and everything yeah you don't have to worry about our safety for every little yeah. thing yeah past yeah. like past uh past certain time we're able to be yep. women walking freely yeah here and it's true we do have certain benefits but yeah. that in no way translates to we have an easy life no you know we're completely alone here we've left our families to be here yeah. to every day and it's every day we're doing mundane things that are just like a necessity for us and it can get it can really take a toll on you mm-hmm. so every day coming back from working nine to five first of all and you cannot slack off because if you get fired you're who's gonna pay your bills who's gonna pay your bills um just like it's it's the, those mundane things really get you like come back home from work a long day at work do the dishes clean this clean that pay bills do this do that it just it's not easy and you have no some people a lot of people are privileged to have domestic help at least in our circle of friends back home yeah back home to have domestic help to have maybe someone you can tune out in the back of a car and have a driver drive you around but you can't do that you have to be constantly thinking here we do our laundry yeah. we have to cook we have to do groceries and you know so like I like to share this experience of mine. Like I think back to how uh, du- this was during like summer 2016 and I had to look for a summer job before grad school and I was like, I need to pay my bills. So I was working in a factory in a s- Kelowna in BC. Yeah. And, you know, this was like a factory job. This was like, you know, folding, putting stuff in machine, napkins in a machine firing. It was, it was torturous on my back, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and I never did a factory job back home. No. So life is not easy. I no. think it's, at the end of the day, it's, an, it's not an apple to apple comparison. It's apple yeah. to oranges. And I said yeah. before that our, everyone's lives are so different. So it's not that staying here in Canada, we have an easy life. Sure, some of the hardships that people, women face back home, we don't. No, and that's sure. our privilege. For sure, yeah. Right? But there are some other hardships that we have to face. Yeah. And and in general, the culture there is kind of a take care of each other culture. In the yes. sense, say, your mom is going to go out of her way oh, to make that. sure that you're fed, to make sure that you have what you need. Your dad's going to go out of your way to make sure, say... Everything is set for you, yeah. right? But yeah. here, you don't have that. Like, I really envy our friends who have their parents here because I just want to go home to a nice, like, you know, glass of turmeric lattes. How do you do? Turmeric milk. Turmeric milk, like, after Or, like, after a, a nicely day. cooked meal. Yeah, because when I used to work, I used to do, I used to teach in a school in Bangladesh for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to go to school and go to school, but I didn't have, sorry, I used to go to school and I used to work. So it didn't, like, when I used to come back and everything was ready for me. Dinner was ready for me. This was ready for me. That was a privilege. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case for many Bangladeshis. Like, they might not have domestic help. They might not have drivers. But I'm just talking about, say, my experience slash people around me that yeah. I've seen. And um, it's just, like, it's, as I said, this mundane things really get to you. And it, mm-hmm. there's so much creativity that's gone to waste, too, when you're just stuck doing all these things. Because there's so much, like, paperwork here. There's so much rules that you can't just, like, sometimes your creativity is almost limited. Like back home, like say for example, if you have a health scare or something, you have your family or your siblings, they kind of like, you know, oh shit, like, you know, they'll go to doctors with you and stuff like that, you Mm -hmm. know, and 
like I'm going to a couple of physiotherapists and stuff here and long commutes I'm just doing that by myself and I miss that you know the sense of like close nitty yeah. support that you get yeah. uh, from family yeah so family who will 100% prioritize because we have yeah. friends that will for sure they're, they're there like an us. absolute support yeah. system who will be their support system but they all have their own lives. They, they have, have their, their own, own families. families. They have so many things that they have to prioritize. Yeah. But you know your mom's going to drop everything to take you yeah, where exactly. you need to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that I think, is true. Yeah. Especially, imagine raising a child. Like, <laughs> none of us are there yet, but, like, I think of, say, the help that my sister gets when she's with her child wouldn't be the same as some as another mother here. Your would. sister's back home, yeah. Yeah, my sister yeah. lives in Bangladesh and she gets she gets a lot of help from her in laws. She gets help from my mom and our family mm-hmm. and she gets help from her domestic help as well. Mm-hmm. And even then hundred percent traffic is a huge like yeah. detractor in her life. But she has a lot of challenges. But even then that that day to day challenge I yeah. don't think that she, another mother here would have because they're literally doing everything. They're having to go to work, they're having to drop off the kid at daycare, they're having to um like cook everything yeah. for the child as well to keep themselves fed and healthy so that yeah. um, their child can have someone yeah. to be taken care of, right? And you know, like so, my mom back home had a bit of a different experience because mm-hmm. my dad used to work as a captain um, in the in, in, on a ship, yeah. And essentially, so he'd be away a couple of months, you know. So he's mm-hmm. away so working hard yeah. in the middle of the water, in the middle of the ocean, yeah. <laughs> and my mom would be, you know, if we're three kids, so she'd be raising us alone. And yeah. uh, you know, she it was hard for her. I remember we used to go to a fish market, yeah. And she would hold, you know, two of them by her two hands and then she'd ask one of the other to hold the uh, third oh. one because <laughs> she's outnumbered three yeah. to one um so yeah she had that it yeah, was a exactly. bit of a different circumstance so for her people have different experiences yeah. for sure so which is like and I, but here i know for a fact that a lot of people you know me a lot of women do have families here i know that you know i remember i met this one woman who works in north vancouver and you know she and her husband they live in north vancouver with the kids because her her parents are there yeah so they can sometimes come over and babysit yeah um so it's nice to have that right yeah um so like i not tell my mom that you know when i'm having kids you're coming here <laughs> to take care of them please yeah exactly so basically we shouldn't have that like preconceived judgment of how a certain person's life is like no your life is not harder because you live in Canada and your life is not harder if you live mm-hmm. in Bangladesh. At the same time, your life is not easier if you live here and your life is not easier no. if you live there. It's just, it's very, it differs from yeah. person to person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of these preconceived notions, especially from, um, you know, the elder people in our society and brown aunties, that we, as we say, it comes from the life that they have lived and the, the life that they have seen. And sometimes, because they're not exposed to different experiences as we are, it's yeah. hard for them to relate to us, especially yeah. to their kids, I would say. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they're just like... Because it's so unknown to a lot of these, even these aunties, right? They don't know how to react. And it's a human nature. Uh, you're in an uncomfortable position. You do what you know how to do best, which would be to, I don't know, what you feel comfortable saying, what you know best, and based on that, make a comment. Yeah. And a lot of these comments that come from a lot of um, brown aunties, and brown aunties are a thing. <laughs> it's a funny thing, but it's a thing in our lives and in brown culture. But... At the end of the day, a lot that they say is because of the society that they were raised in. Had they mm. been in our positions, maybe they had different, they yeah. had similar thoughts as well. But saying their moms or their dads or their uncles or their aunties told them this, the yeah. same. Restricted them from war yeah. even. Yeah. And, and in a way, it's like the experiences that they've had or the, the problems that they've seen, say, their fam- their friends, their family members go through the problems that they've gone through. They don't want us to go through that as well. Yeah. And they think that if we 
make a certain decision, it's gonna go wrong the way it went wrong for somebody else. They don't yeah. they don't realize that you know it's a different generation these kids live in. It's a yeah. different time that they live in, a different like mentality that they live in, mm-hmm. and especially South Asian women, they're more independent now than they've ever mm-hmm. been. And they just have to accept. I think they just sometimes don't know that we'll be able to handle it. But the truth is we can handle it. Yeah. The truth is they could probably handle it too, but somebody didn't let them. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so it's like, I think it took a while for me not to be resentful of so many of the restrictions that say people yeah. in my culture have. But you just have to come from a place of understanding. Yeah. With these round aunties. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure the end they, of the day, they don't wake up to be like, let me make fun of somebody's child today. <laughs> I don't think they do that. No, no. no. And I, no. at the end of the day, one thing I'll give them credit for is that, you know, a lot of them, at least most of them that I've seen is, you know, they might have these certain comments and judgments, but they also happen to go full on for their kids. And, yeah. you know, they'll give, the, oh, they'll give it all. They're the best. Yeah. So... It is what it is, mm-hmm. but I think Zara and I wanted to share our our experiences and thanks to our friends who kind of like responded on very short notice and to people who reached out, especially people from Bangladesh and different yeah. other brown countries about their experiences and they shared because then that's what we kind of tried portraying in our conversation today. Yeah. And for those of you whose experiences we couldn't talk about who are still messaging us, we'll, we'll try to share whatever experiences that might be different on our Instagram page, so keep a lookout. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so if you have any other comments or anything, you can discuss our episode um, on Podacy, the app. We'll, you can echo at us mm-hmm. or you can DM us on Instagram. Instagram uh, at or that's what at they us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our Instagram handle is at that's what they said podcast or tweet at us at what they said CA. Yep, yep. So yeah. We really want to engage with you guys, like, yeah. <laughs> if we're not saying it enough for the past yeah. few episodes. So please do message us, even if you think we've said something insensitive, something wrong. We're here for and it. And then we're the day, we're talking about our experiences and our, based on our, our friends' experiences, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So, and you know, some cultures might even have the same experiences, not just South not, Asian families. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So if you like our podcast, please do spread the word. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all for today. today.